Good morning. It's Sunday, April the 14th. It's 3 a.m. This is show number 88. And good morning. Good morning. This is the 88th show of the Hackers Podcast. Welcome. I am your host, Gummo. I've got my sidekick engineer extraordinaire, Crash, here tonight with me this morning. And as I said, it's the 88th show. It's good to be back. Week, back-to-back weeks. <laughs> I know I'm even uh, trying to figure it out. But here I am uh, for the 88th show. You have joined me and we are joining you. And thank you for downloading us, streaming us, listening to us, checking us out, doing what you have to do. <laughs> I hate saying that. You ever run into someone, you're like, what's good? You know, some sort of situation. And they're like, yeah, well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. It's not really my thing, but... 88 shows. This is the 88th show. It's kind of, you know, as the count increases, so does my mental awareness of actually doing 88 hours of programming. (laughs) It's, It's sort of surreal sometimes when you think about it, but here I am almost four years later doing something I never thought I would ever do. But, you know, whatever. the Everything works itself out in the end, I suppose. It is the 14th of April, 2019. And since we have shared ourselves last time on this show, there's been a lot that's uh, happened in the past week. Really a lot that's happened in the past seven days. And we'll get to all that first... You know, it's supposed to be spring, and the forecast for later on today calls for, calls for, it's, it's ridiculous, uh, what, like seven or eight inches of snow here in, in the city? <laughs> I don't know, it doesn't look like winter wants to let up uh, just earlier in the week. Right after we left you last time, there was a some some kind of they called it a <laughs> I just hate saying these catchphrases, but they called it a bomb cyclone, and it was and it dumped. It was like this. It's like imagine a a hurricane or a cyclone or typhoon over land, and that's what we here in the central part of the United States were pre- presented with last week from Mother Nature. Uh, did I say mother nature? 
and it buried <laughs> numerous cities, towns, municipalities, parishes, all of that stuff in snow. And so uh, we thought we were going to escape it here in Chicago. I did, at least, you know, and I was sort of happy about the whole situation, I suppose, when we missed it with a little rain. But it doesn't look like we are going to miss it later on today. We'll see. How is the summer coming along? And is it summer? No, it's spring. How is the spring coming along where you are? Is it treating you well? Are you able to enjoy nice weather? Is is uh, you know, where is the um, tropical drinks at this point? Hopefully it's warmer where you are than it is here. But what I hear, nevertheless, it's still snowing regularly in central and northern Canada. So I guess I'm not feeling that bad about the whole situation. Spring break, bike week, all of that stuff happening here in the United States this month. Underway has taken place. All of the cool car shows, all of the secret spots and rendezvous everywhere that you want to be, except in the snow, right? A big shout out to everyone who does download the show and listens to the show and a, bi a bigger shout out to the people who support us. And I'm not talking about financially. I'm talking about with their help, their donated help, the things that you do to help. And that goes without saying that last week I was able to spend a morning, almost a whole day really, at one of the homeless shelters here in Chicago. What an extraordinary feeling you get when you are helping others. And I certainly encourage you to do that. If you want to feel good about something, you can help others if you can, if you want to, and if, you know, all of that stuff above. There is always an opportunity for you to come out of your shell, come out of your room, come out of the darkness or whatever keeps you in your circle of life and help other people smile and enjoy life. You know, and um, there were <laughs> every time I say, um, I get this weird look. Uh, so, so, God. So, I've been watching some YouTube videos and I found a channel where one person does that. And, you know, and YouTube, for all of the negative things that people say about YouTube, it affords you the opportunity to find things. And people and situations to where you are able to help and in this particular instance it would be super cool if you checked out uh you know even if it's if it's not even your thing don't sweat it but check out a channel on youtube it's called grandpa chicken not chicken grandpa kitchen <laughs> i say grandpa chicken i say grandpa chicken because he's always making chicken it's called grandpa chicken and it is an amazing thing to see. Uh, you have 
a, a, a very gentle, kind, elderly man in India who cooks these big, gigantic dishes of food. I mean, and it's crazy. And after he cooks these, this food, he feeds the orphan children in his village in India. Super cool. Absolutely super cool. You should check it out. And you can support them by just checking out the channel and hitting subscribe. And I'm not really familiar with all of how YouTube works, but all they ask for is for you to subscribe. They do have a Facebook page and a Patreon page and all of those other additional resources to where you could actually open up your wallet right then and there and feel even better about yourself in real time, I suppose. Check it out, please. It's called Grandpa Kitchen. And I don't think you will be disappointed too heavily with the concept. Uh, we did some digging and found out that yes, so far it seems like a legit thing. So let that be your thing, right? <laughs> oh, goodness. So what's been happening? A lot's been happening uh, recently in the past week. And to, to sort of kick things into motion, SpaceX recently pulled off like an incredible feet in its uh, second attempt to launch the Falcon Heavy rocket into space and deploy a satellite. Uh, and after several days of delays and multiple false starts, SpaceX finally, finally launched its Falcon Heavy rocket for just the second time ever. The launch, which took place on Thursday evening, was a huge deal for the company, and it even surpassed the success of the first time that Falcon Heavy launched in early uh, 2018. Falcon Heavy's first flight was historically a big deal because the colossal rocket with its trio of boosters uh, sped straight into the sky with, all, with just an awe-inspiring sight. And it was made even better when all of the boosters landed back on Earth. Something quite extraordinary to see and something from when I, we i was a child was only science fiction but now it was reality and it was it was it was really surreal to watch the boosters landing after launching into orbit just moments earlier the only blemish on the falcon heavy's first flight of course last year was the fact that the core booster failed to land on one of the spacex drone ships but after a little bit of trial and error, and and really, seriously, a little bit of error, only one launch previously, uh, they seem to have got it right. Not only did both of the side boosters make uh, simultaneous landings at the SpaceX facility in Florida, but the core booster also touched down on the drone ship as well this time. Uh, and it was it was just such an extraordinary event. It's the first time SpaceX has ever accomplished a trio of booster recoveries from a single launch, and the first time that the Falcon Heavy delivered a satellite into orbit for a paying customer. It certainly was a big day for SpaceX. And again, all of us, all of us who remember all of the sci-fi events when we were children, certainly can relate to understanding that this was nothing short of extraordinary to see.
And that's not the only news coming out of space lately. <laughs> a lot of a uh, lot of space issues, things, news, events coming out of the scientific community last week. Not really sure if you are familiar with the Deep Space Network, and if you are, great. If you're not, well, you should <laughs> you should do a little research. The Deep Space Network is a group of not only satellite listening receivers and transmitting receivers for communicating with long distance satellites and spacecraft. There's also another interesting twist to the network and how it functions. And that function came this week after uh, quite a while of data gathering to present to humanity the first ever image of a black hole. Uh, and it was, again, two extraordinary things from science in one week. And so I think that uh, the people in charge of those situations have done just an, an immeasurable, wonderfully positioned thing for not only science, but for all of us, for all of us, you know, the regular people. <laughs> what, an, what an amazing thing to see, a black hole. And again, r relating back to when I was a child, there were movies about black holes. There were th there was all kinds of science fiction about black holes and this, that, and the other. But you you know, it was just that, right? It was just something that you could fantasize about or picture in your head or imagine, rather. And again, just another extraordinary feat of science and engineering. Wow, unbelievable. And it was it, it was great. It's great to be alive during such an event, such events. Meanwhile, uh, uh a driver in Houston dipped out on over $5,000 in fees, toll fees, by using a license plate flipper. He was eventually caught this past week, and Houston cops went on to say that they have arrested a man that they say avoided paying nearly $5,500 in tolls in the Houston area with an illegal license plate flipper. Uh, Preston Talbot, 27, of Houston, was stopped Thursday for avoiding a toll on the Sam Houston Expressway and charged with a misdemeanor. He would activate the device, putting a flipper down in front of his license plate so the cameras at the toll plazas couldn't read his plate. The device Talbot is accused of installing in his car worked with the touch of a button. The devices are advertised online but are Ill illegal to possess in Texas. Obviously, this was not such a great decision Talbot's mother Becky Morgan went on to say and that goes I think we spoke about license plate flippers once or twice on this show previously 
maybe about 20 or 30 shows ago. But you can seriously buy these things on Amazon. I'm looking at one right now, the rug cell black license plate. What is that? Whatever. Go. You can find these on Amazon. Now, the innovative parts, two times powered remote curtain stealth license plate frame. And it it basically is a license plate frame that rolls a, a virtual, you know, a curtain or a piece of material in front of your license plate. It's controlled inside of the car. And you just simply hit a button and it will cover up your license plate. Uh, and apparently you can uh, get these, as I said, anywhere. But, you know, again, you know, you, you're making, you, you know, I cannot advocate doing what he did, but you can't do this every day. I mean, maybe breezing by a toll here or there, you know, if that's your thing for, you know, a gag or something like that. If you want to, you know, hey, look at this. But it's really, come on. You, you see where I'm coming from, really? All right, enough of that. <laughs> Meanwhile, Amazon's other product, Amazon Recognition, which I know I spoke about on some on a previous show. I'm not sure when. Basically, Amazon's recognition is artificial intelligence mapped with facial recognition. And a lot of people are not happy about law enforcement agencies using this particular system. And if you want any dystopian preview of what this does, just take a look at what China is doing with facial recognition and AI. Anyhow, it seems that Amazon, certain key members of the Am of Amazon are protesting and others about this really dystopian technology. Amazon recognition spelled with a K. It's kind of just, I don't know. I don't even know what to say about that. Jesus. Yes, we uh, stopped on the way over this morning. We are, we are, we are at the Aeon Center this morning. I don't know. I keep weaseling my way back in here. <laughs> Just wanted to say thanks to Larry. And, um, Normally, people at this hour are drinking coffee or some kind of beverage. <laughs> Me, I'm drinking a, I'm drinking an orange flavored Gatorade, ice cold. I just love it. It's good shit. I know, I know, I know. I shouldn't drink Gatorade all the time. I get told that all the time too. <laughs> Now I'm sniffing I'm in the mic. Uh, so found a cool service last week and I wanted to share that with you guys. And, you know, whatever. It's kind of cool. It's called the, it, it's really cool. So I'm not sure how many people out there, uh, how many of you guys 
have black and white photos. I know I have a ton of black and white photos from, you know, right before my father passed away last year. He, I was able to spend time with him the, the year before that. And he gave me just boxes and boxes of photos and, you know, old eight, old eight millimeter film and, and, you know, I still haven't gone through, I've looked through a couple of the photos and I really don't, I, you know, I don't know who anybody in the photos are, but they are all mostly in black and white. And so I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking, well, you know, you know, you know, you probably know what I'm thinking. <laughs> But uh, so I was looking around for something fast and convenient, nothing too extraordinary, because I do have the actual photos. So I scanned about 20 of them in, and I wanted to see what I can do. And so I went on to the uh, World Wide Web and found a website called Colorize, C O L O U. R-I-S-E dot S-G. And basically, it's a deep learning colorizing tool that is free that you can use. And it will colorize a black and white photo for you. Now, it's not entirely accurate. I mean, if you are looking for a resolution, you know, if you're looking for perfection, just you can just fast forward. But... If you're looking to get an idea of what that black and white photo has to offer, then check out this tool. It's kind of cool. I was able to actually color a few of the old black and white photos that I scanned in, and they came out pretty... I was pretty impressed. Mostly they were from my grandfather. And I uh, was able to actually see a, a photo of my grandfather in color for the first time. It was pretty, pretty uh, special to see. Check it out, colorize.sg. I know, I know, and I know you're probably going to kill me for saying this, but uh, I'm just going to get through it real quick because it's part of the show in the notes. But Microsoft published a, some kind of framework for securing Windows 10. Uh, recently, Microsoft published a generic security configuration framework that contains guidance for system administrators about the basic security settings that they should be applying in order to secure Windows 10 devices. The end result was that Microsoft named the tool SecCon, framework which organizes windows 10 devices into one of five dis distinct security configurations unfortunately mimicking the defcon levels you know like nuclear defcon all of that stuff unfortunately mimicking the defcon levels used to determine alert statuses seem to have been the way to go uh, and you have five levels well one through five level one being the administrator workstation seems to be the highest protected configuration setting level two the devops workstation and those both are under a subcategory called privileged access workstations and three four and five three enterprise vip security level four enterprise high security and level five enterprise security so i'm not sure yeah right anyhow it looks like a defcon chart <laughs> 
Uh, kind of one of those things. Just thought you should know, right? <laughs> uh so, uh, without that said, I know what you've been waiting for, and here it is, the latest, the scoop, the divvy, the dirty, the whatever, on our friend Julian Assange. Uh, he was, last week, he was forcibly removed from the Ecuadorian embassy in Holland Park in London, taken to jail and promptly charged now, I'm not going to get into all of that, but we are going to air a piece uh, from a panel that is talking about uh, Julian Assange and what he's been through and uh, what it means for journalism. And after a lot of careful consideration, I wanted to choose the right piece of media to share with you guys. And so this is what I feel is right. I may not be right. And I know everybody has their opinion. Trust me, I see it every day. But this is as close as I think we all feel about the situation currently. And I'd like to share that with you now. So take a listen. This is the latest divvy on uh, Julian and his uh, situation in custody. Cross-talking Julian Assange. I'm joined by my guest Joe Loria in Washington. He's the editor-in-chief of ConsortiumNews.com and author of How I Lost by Hillary Clinton with the forward by Julian Assange. Also in Washington, we have Ray McGovern. He's a former CIA analyst and co-founder of Veteran Intelligence Professionals for Sanity. And in New York, we cross to Sarah Flounders. She is co-director of International Action Center as well as author and an anti-war activist. All right, cross-talk rules in effect. That means you can jump in anytime you want and I always appreciate it. Joe, let me go to you first because you're very familiar with Julian Assange. Julian Assange wrote the foreword to your book. Um, what are your feelings right now? Because, you know, from my perspective in, in the business of journalism, this is one of the darkest days of journalism in my lifetime. And I'm going to remember this day for the rest of my life, no matter what happens. That's how passionate I feel about this. This is a crushing move against a profession that has already been crushed so much over the last few years. Go ahead, Joe. Well, I think it's a dark day, not just for journalism, but for everyone else, for the entire yeah. world, really, for all the populations of, of all countries that depend on a, a vibrant media, a critical media that can bring them information about what their governments are really up to that will challenge them. And that's, of course, what WikiLeaks did. They provided the information that the governments and did not want the public to know, particularly about crimes and corruption. And this is why they've got him arrested today. All the other stuff about bail skipping and, and previously about the uh, sexual allegations in Sweden, all of that was to lead up to get him to go to this courtroom in Alexandria, Virginia, so he could stand trial for exposing the secrets of governments. It was indeed a very stark and nightmarish image of seeing yeah. Julian taken out of the front door of the embassy with the Rupley camera there. Yep. This is what we call here in the U.S. a perp walk. They wanted us to see him being pulled out. And the fact is that the population has been dis uh, misinformed, disinformed, distracted about the significance of this issue. Now, it's the press that has destroyed itself in many ways yep. in this story because they have turned on this man that they once profited from when it served their partisan interests when he exposed crimes of the Bush administration. 
when he uh, exposed corruption with Hillary Clinton, they turned on him in a dime. They're still pushing this rubbish story that he helped Trump get into the White House, that he's somehow a Russian stooge and a Kremlin agent, all this nonsense, even though collusion story has collapsed. So it's the press that has uh, failed the public here, yeah. and they have already, the corporate media I'm talking about, they have already destroyed themselves in many ways. And to, to vilify this man and to be cheering today, yeah. his arrest is quite disturbing. You know, Sarah, in New York, I have to wonder if the, uh, the Guardian, the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, MSNBC, are, are they going to be held account? Are they going to face espionage charges? Because they disseminated so much of what WikiLeaks um, uh, uh, released to the public, and they profited from it also. Joe is right here. Because WikiLeaks, at the end of the day, is a publisher. But unlike other publishers, it was never proven to be peddling fake news. Go ahead, Sarah. Well, they, they reported on it and exposed some of those crimes because it was already out to the whole world. And really what was exposed are the dark crimes that the U.S. has committed in its wars. 200,000 cables, video footage, images, and that should be the response of anyone who is challenging uh, right now this, this brutal, really, this arrest of Assange. And that is, let's go back and br revive, bring forward again, what it was that WikiLeaks exposed. What was in those cables? Let's show again those videos where civilians were helicopter gunships. Let's show again the torture. Let's show again Guantanamo. If they're going to pull uh, Julian Assange out of the... Uh, uh, the embassy, uh, absolutely an outrageous crime, then let's show again all of their crimes. I think that can be the only response, the only legitimate response, is to show that there is no freedom of press. Now, major corporate media reported it at the time, and then they sort of let it go to sleep. Well, this has revived it again, and I think we have a responsibility to talk about what WikiLeaks contributed to this and what Chelsea Manning in all of those documents, and she has really suffered for yep. this and is now in prison again. There should really be a campaign for her immediate release. Uh, this is after a pardon. It shows how vindictive yeah. they are and how they want to use intimidation and i think we have to refuse to be intimidated and it is a real role for the media to challenge this again and bring forward once again yeah. remind people well, what julian assange's contribution yeah. is and, and well, he made a big contribution well, to truth to freedom of the media to freedom of press. Okay, Ray, Sarah says we need a campaign, but that campaign isn't going to come from the media because they're all cowards, okay? They've turned their back on this man because WikiLeaks came into existence because the media failed. The, the legacy media failed in its mission to inform the people uh, of, of, of hard truths and showing how government works and doesn't work here. So, Ray, what can we expect to happen next once uh, Julian Assange is on American soil? Well, the bottom line is there's only us. There never has been any other. We are the press. We are the media. The fourth estate is dead. I used to speak of the fourth estate as being moribund. No, it's dead. What did I mean by that? Well, most people know that Edmund Burke, the prominent British statesman in the late 18th century, coined the phrase. He said, you know, we have three estates here in Parliament. 
two in the two in commons, one in lords. And but there's one estate that's far more important than all the others. It's the fourth estate. It's you, gentlemen, up there in the press gallery, because it's you who keep us honest. Without you, government would run amok. Now, fast forward. Fast forward from the late 18th century, and you'll see what's what's become of the fourth estate. No more, no more regard to the Magna Carta or the Bill of Rights in the Constitution. Uh, there is no press freedom, and so it's up to us, the alternative media, to make sure that this doesn't go down lightly. Now, I just add that when we gave Julian Assange and WikiLeaks the Sam Adams Award for Integrity, that was October 2010, after he had released the Afghan and the Iraqi war laws. What did they show? They showed war crimes by the United States military, directed, of course, from the White House. Uh, what was the reaction? Very little reaction to that. That was pretty much suppressed. But when people started saying, oh, will people be hurt by these disclosures? The Secretary of Defense, no less, Robert Gates at the time said, reports that U.S. troops or anyone else has been harmed by this are, quote, significantly overwrought, period, end quote. So there's no, there's no counter-argument to revealing mm -hmm. war crimes. You know, no counter argument. Such a good point. You know, Joe, you know, what we have now is that we, we saw this a show of force of dragging Julian Assange out of the Ecuadorian embassy. But it told me something that they don't want me to think. It shows me that this, the national security state is actually quite weak and timid in its ability to communicate its position of of why it's, it legitimately has power. Because it shows that the, the powers that be show themselves to be weaker and weaker because they're unable to be able to engage in discussion and in debate and maybe argument, but they deny the other side. They are only right and people must follow because look what they did to Julian Assange. We can do it to you. That's the message they're sending. But that's, some, that's, a, uh, that's power that it, at its weakest point. Because it only it relies on coercion, not argument. Go ahead, Joe. <clears throat> Absolutely. That's authoritarianism right there, what we saw coming when we saw Julian Assange dragged out of that embassy and the public being shut out because the corporate media, again, does not inform and takes the wrong side. They take the side of the state, not the side of the people. And it's the governed that uh, they're supposed to serve, not the governors. In fact, uh, they're weak as well on their argument in this case because the indictment was finally sealed just about an hour or two after Assange was pulled out of the embassy. This indictment that the government had denied was in existence for 10 years, I'm uh, sorry, for about nine years from 2010. And what they are charging him with is very Im important. And I think it's a, a weak case, which is why Chelsea Manning is in jail, because they are not going to charge him under Section 3 of the Espionage Act, which is mere possession and dissemination of classified information. It's on the books. They could have done that, but that would be a threat to all of the press because every major media uh, publishes classified information. So they're going for the conspiracy to commit espionage charge, which means they are claiming he helped Chelsea Manning to break a password, a code, to get the documents so that she could then transfer them to him as his source and that WikiLeaks could publish. And it rests on a conversation online that Manning had with a person under a different handle that the government is arguing was Julian Assange, but it may be hard for them to prove that she was actually discussing this, how to break this password to get in 
to get those documents. Now, all investigative journalists work with their sources to cajole them, to help them, to help them get the information and go back all the time to your sources and do what you can to help them get that. In this case, the government's going to try, the U.S. government's going to try to build a case that Assange helped steal the documents, not publishing the documents. They didn't go down that route because they knew it was what the Obama administration called their New York Times problem. They couldn't have the Times and the other papers be liable for the same kind of prosecution. So that's what this case is going to rest on. Now, Manning was brought in to a grand jury to testify on that very issue, and she refused. So they don't have a strong case, maybe. It could show us that they needed her back again to say some more, because they don't have enough. And her lawyers have a very interesting strategy. They're saying if there's an indictment already, and now we know that there is, now, this grand jury testimony could be used in trial. If there's already an indictment, then you cannot uh, have a grand jury testimony in which there's no defense uh, yeah. uh, counsel present, there's no public present, it's secret. So they're arguing that she shouldn't have gone in there because they might want to use this testimony later on in trial, and okay. they can't do that. They can only use Hang it for on, the Joe. indictment, got, which was already done. I gotta jump in here. We're gonna go to a short break, and after that short break, we'll continue our discussion on Julian Assange. Stay with RT. Welcome back to Crosstalk, where all things are considered. I'm Peter LaBelle. To remind you, we're discussing Julian Assange. Okay, let's go back to Sarah in New York. Uh, a number of legal experts, uh, Sarah, have uh, explained to me that it's, it's quite possible that the impending trial of Julian Assange could be, all, could be all behind closed doors, could be all secret, and that we would really never know the, the, the workings of such a trial. And even to the point where the state would present uh, evidence that would be considered uh, of national security importance where Julian Assange and his or her lawyer would never be able to see it because of its secretive value. Um, and then it would up, uh, essentially be up to a judge to render a decision, which we would never really know because it's national security. You can't explain what evidence was being used. I mean, that sounds Orwellian. I mean, truly so if it were to work out. Go ahead, Sarah. Well, all of this is Orwellian. All of this is based on keeping it all secret. That is the real crime that Julian Assange committed, refusing to allow the crimes to be held secret anymore. And everyone who in any way wants to defend uh, Julian Assange or admires his courage, I think it's the obligation now to bring up again, because it, it's gone quiet after seven years, bring up again what it was that WikiLeaks exposed. Bring it forward again what Chelsea Manning showed in those videos. Show those videos again. Show the torture again. Show the shooting of journalists in, in Iraq again. This is how we can counter it. Because if we accept the secrecy, that's what they want to bring back. Complete secrecy, control of the media. And they're demanding that the corporate media, who's already totally housebroken, who's already defending in every way an empire that is declining, that's in decay, that can ha no longer has credibility, the corporate media is very much in the U.S. is absolutely part of that secrecy. A little bit came forward because it was known around the world. And there's lots, there's hundreds of thousands of sites that are alternative media that can bring this forward. And that's where we should look. We should not look 
to media that already plays a role of conspiracy in an empire that is based on crime and that is based on secrecy. So I think we have to refuse to accept the secrecy and bring forward what we already know and support Assange and certainly support Chelsea Manning, who is in prison right now under terrible conditions after a pardon because she is standing up to a grand jury, which is a very heroic position. And again, that's a secret proceeding yes. uh, that they're trying to put um, Chelsea Manning through. So it's more and more secrecy, and we need to challenge the secrecy by exposing what they want to keep a lid on. And, and the lid is coming off in a hundred ways yeah. around the world. I think it's an obligation of everyone to do more to pry that lid off. It's yeah, a real yeah, can but, of worms yeah, but inside this, but this case of is, endless crimes. But this case is really about intimidating one particular individual in a concept it called is free, about, intimidating about freedom and, of speech. Yeah, but Raid, I mean, the, the powers that be are... And, and Assange are, are, refused to be intimidated. Exactly, but I think other people will that's be. Much, that's my very point. Ray, I mean, this is really a, a, the, the ultimate well, chilling effect. Let me go to Ray. This is the ultimate chilling effect. This is, And it was done in broad daylight. They didn't hide it. They're actually quite proud of marching into a sovereign territory of another country, which I, I suppose uh, Ecuador relinquished that. Um, shame on them. Uh, uh, and the breaking of international law and of an asylum agreement. There's no asylum, asylum agreement in the world that could ever be agreed to under law that limits one's speech. Okay, Not in the European Union and not in the United States for sure. Intimidation, Ray, that's what it's all about. Go ahead. Well, that's right, uh, Peter. It's a brutish treatment of anyone who will stand up to the establishment. You know, uh, the collateral murder video that Sarah referred to is very damning. Uh, yeah. It shows the brutalization not only of journalists, two from, from Reuters, uh, but 10 other people uh, in plain sight. It shows the brutalization of the pilots. Uh, the, the U.S. pilots that have been taught to be so brutal. Now, what most people don't know is that David Finkel, a big Washington Post type, was with that unit. Mm. He knew about the tape. He watched it and he wrote a book called The Good Soldiers about that specific unit that did this kind of brutality during the surge in Iraq. That's, that, that points it out in bas relief. Here's the, New York, here's the Washington Post there, fully cognizant, and no one would have known about it were it not for Chelsea Manning giving that tape to, uh, to Julian Assange. Now, this makes the point. Why is the United States government so upset? Well, it's because WikiLeaks has this unique capability to get leaks, okay? What was the most recent damaging leak? It was something called a cyber tool by the CIA mm. called Marble Framework, which Bill Binney from the NSA, a former, and I both think uh, accounts for how uh, the breadcrumbs showing Russian, uh, Russian involvement in the DNC emails, how they got there. Yeah. We think, and we can't prove this, but we think it was John Brennan and the CIA and this very sophisticated 700 million code, lines of code, uh, Vault 7 operation that left those breadcrumbs. So that's, that's really damaging to the CIA. That's the most proximate reason 
boy, they're after him big time. You know, you know, Joe. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that Ray brought up meaning uh, uh, because you know, I mean, there's so much in, in, intelligence uh, um, ability out there. I mean, with Veeps is a very good example here. It's never. Ta- I mean, I don't even think the Mueller investigation even tapped into it. Um, I think one program on Fox News took a mild interest, but that was only to protect Trump, not to go after the truth. Okay. Um, so explain to our viewers. I know your answer because I've seen you answer it before. But explain for my viewers here, why does mainstream media worship the intelligence community so much? Yeah, there's a big reason and a little reason. The big reason is they they are giving legitimacy to an establishment that is losing legitimacy. As you pointed out earlier, Peter, that they are weak. And the corporate media props them up. They're an essential ingredient in that to keep people believing that these are legitimate rulers. And the second little reason is careerism, Mm. that reporters uh, want to be close to power. They live vicariously through these powerful people. They want to be part of the elite. They don't understand their role is to be amongst the people, to challenge, to vet to criticize the uh, powerful so that that's exactly what Julian Assange did. So they are trying to abolish that and have full control over information. And here comes Assange publishing documents that they themselves hang themselves with because it's their own words. It's their own video that was in that pilot's, uh, uh, sorry, in the, in the pilot, in the helicopter the gunship. So they, they got to stop that because they want the total control that they're losing. And Assange, you know, the corporate media reporters, uh, they continuously say he's not a journalist. And that's a key thing here. Mm. He's something else. Well, he's publishing documents, but he's written three or four books. He writes articles. He's a great uh, strategic uh, analyst. This man just isn't just some kind of clerk uh, accepting the documents and putting them out there. He understands what they mean, and he tries to explain what they mean. And they cannot tolerate this. They need these lackey reporters to prop up their legitimacy that is weakened by the truth, in this case by Assange. This is the issue, Peter. You know, it's really interesting, Joe. It's the stenographers uh, 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 for power that criticized Julian Assange by not calling him a journalist. I mean, that is one of the great ironies uh, of the time, okay? Because they're just stenographers for power. Uh, And they're paid a lot of money to do it. And they seem to do it without any moral compass whatsoever, okay? Sarah, I mean, at the end of the day, this is really about um, uh, uh, narrowing uh, freedom of speech because uh, you cannot, you, you, you know, it's not that, the problem isn't that the government uh, commits crimes. The, the problem is for these people is that you report on the government's committing crimes. That's, that's the crime here, not what they do. It's how uh, people like myself, Julian Assange, and other people in alternative media still believe that you have to uh, 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 challenge power and challenge power with arguments, okay? Go ahead, Sarah. Well, the the media today, the big corporate media, is absolutely losing its legitimacy in terms of its hold on people's minds, on people's consciousness. And I think we should really take confidence in our own ability because human consciousness is more powerful in terms of historic big change than repression and even the technology, the ability of technology to try to enforce repression. It breaks through in unexpected ways and we have to really think how we help that information which we already have break through again and again and again. We have to say this media has no legitimacy. It's, it's whole role is to simply report on 
what is a criminal enterprise in the world today. That's the role that the U.S. empire, that Wall Street plays. It's trying to enforce a straitjacket of only wealth counts, only power counts, and people all over the world are challenging that. And let's bring forward a lot of that material just to show, to expose how criminal they are, the crimes that they're willing to commit. Don't let them put it back in the box. Don't let them keep it secret. If there's going to be any kind of a trial and they want to keep it secret, uh, in, in the U.S., if they want to uh, attempt that method, then we got to, in every way, bring it forth and show what's not being shown. Okay, let me, let me give, let me because give, let me 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 let me give Ray the last word, 30 seconds, Ray. I'm, I, Ray, I know you're a man of faith and I know you believe that the truth will prevail. Convince me that that's going to happen. Well, you know, you have to be patient. Uh, uh, E.F. Stone said, um, you got to be prepared to lose. You're going to lose and lose and lose. And then one fine day, someone who thinks about the truth the way you do wins. So you have to be patient and you have to go in knowing that you're going to lose. Uh, the important point here, Reese, before, is that uh, Assange didn't solicit uh, this information from, uh, from Bradley or Chelsea Manning. Uh, Manning offered it to the New York Times, offered it to the Washington Post, uh, and they didn't want it. So, you know, where was it, what was Bradley Manning going to do? What he did was the next best thing. And, it, it, and, it, was, and it was WikiLeaks. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. We've run out of time. Many thanks to my guests in New York and Washington. Interesting point of view, I know. And so with that said, there on the heels of that story, the FBI-related breach reportedly compromised federal agents' details. It seems recently that some criminals broke into at least three to four maybe uh, FBI-affiliated websites and published information on some law enforcement officers, FBI officers, and blah, blah, blah. But Listen, uh, what I'm trying to say here, folks, is two wrongs don't make a right. And I know that you're pretty pissed off about what's happened. But again, two wrongs don't make a right. And no matter how you disagree with things that piss you off, there is always a peaceful resolution or a civilized, should we say, resolution or outcome to what you would expect to see. And I know that kind of sucks. It really does. Trust me. I know. But you have to instill change in the most peaceful way that you can. And doing stuff like that is not, it's just, you're just going to get in trouble. And it, it's, it's not going to work out great in the end. So theoretically, let, let's not do any of that stuff. Seriously, let's not. And I'm not. I'm not taking sides or anything like that. I'm just saying, it's 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 kind of not cool. Uh, and lastly, a new breed of ATM hackers is getting through banks uh, through their networks rather than hitting the machines themselves. Uh, recently, researchers at Kaspers Kaspersky Security Analysts Summit in Singapore presented findings again on Wednesday. It seems like everything happened on Wednesday last week, Wednesday and Thursday. They presented findings last Wednesday about a new wave of payment systems beyond jackpotting, which cause individual ATMs to spit out money. 
Uh, it seems that criminals are manipulating ATM networks and the digital authentication checks in the machines to cash out fraudulent transfers they initiate around the globe. It's happened before. It's going to happen again. Jackpotting an ATM is relatively tough to do this day and age. It's not impossible. It's tough. There are many ways to jackpot an ATM, and this is only another way and method to do it. And it was reported, and you could actually see the um, the situations happening if you have the right capabilities to see it. But again, it's one of the payment providers that initiate the transfer of funds in the SWIFT network. And SWIFT, no matter, you know, SWIFT, and I'm sure you heard of the SWIFT network before because... Yes, it was attacked previously uh, with millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars being siphoned off or through the SWIFT network. And even though SWIFT themselves have spent a, an enormous amount of cash and resources and time trying to harden the system, the core foundations of SWIFT, unfortunately, are inherently insecure and until that is resolved you are going to hear more reports on atm network atms and networks being jackpotted and again i wanted to roll back to that assange thing because a lot of people are really touchy-feely about that but and the whole you know the, everything surrounding it i know everybody's passionate about that even me i am but Peaceful resolution to to problems are the only way to move forward. Just remember that. Also, we I thought we were going to have time to talk about the Triton hackers, but we don't. Uh, these guys and gals are quite literally in the news. And so hopefully we'll have time to talk about the Triton hackers next time on show number 89. I wanted to again thank Apple and Stone for the music. I wanted to thank I wanted to thank you for checking out the show. Thank you for checking us out, downloading us. We, hey, we're on Spotify now, if that even matters. Uh, and also check out the events page at our website, hackers.xxx. There are a lot of cool and interesting events going on. We do have the summer look happening. So if you go to hackers.xxx and click on the events page, you will be be presented with, yes, an unlimited amount of events that you can attend to increase your cred, or at least find old friends and say hello, whatever. Uh, and you could also check out the show right there on the website if you click on podcast, which I just did, and you'll be able to listen to the show. Uh, and on the show page, uh, we have added a new thing to the show page and the new thing is something that we've been needing for a while and so when you visit the page you will see the new thing <laughs> so you have to see it i'm not going to tell you what it is but if you go to hackers.xxx click on the show you will see the new thing and it and is the most dramatic update to the website in the past four years so be sure to head over to the website hackers.xxx click on podcast and you will see the new thing 
<laughs> With that said, it's good to be back here again. We were traveling. We were traveling last week. Crash and I, we flew out to LA for a day. I don't even know where we landed. Van Nuys, Burbank, who cares? But we landed. We. <laughs> was such a clusterfuck. I went out there to meet a meet with a company, talk to the CEO. They needed they needed a cybersecurity person and unfortunately I didn't fit the bill. <laughs> but I did figure out LinkedIn at this point. Uh, and so that said, be sure to check out the show page for the new thing and also be sure to support Grandpa Kitchen. Check it out, Grandpa Kitchen on YouTube. And check out all of the other things that I mentioned, if you wish to. If not, whatever. And we will try to be back here. I will be try to be back here next weekend. If I'm not back here next weekend, that means I'm just probably... Well, yeah, I'll, I'll try to be back next weekend. If not, I'll be back the following weekend. But I'm going to try to be back next weekend for sure. And with that said, thank you for tuning into the show. Thank you t- for your support, seriously. And... What else was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Check us out. Download the show. Listen to the show. You know, whatever. Until then, we uh, we will see you again for show number 89, either next week or the week afterwards. Hopefully, it's not going to snow later today. And I'm thinking about actually going back to bed. I've been doing a lot of sleeping in lately. It feels good. The bags under my eyes have gone. Until next time, folks, seriously, take care. I love you and take care of yourself. And please use your skills for something good and positive and support others that need a helping hand. Take care of yourself. Until next time. Bye.